This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Oftentimes I'll get up here and I'll tell you a story to start off with. I don't have a story. But that, that's partially a attention breaker for me. It kind of gets me over the hump of the first few words. This afternoon, I'd like to ask you a question. That question is, are you an average Christian? Before you try to answer that, though, let's just think a minute for a definition of the word average. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines average as middle, uh, not to one extreme or the other, common, not out of the ordinary, not too hot, not too cold. You know, uh, something that doesn't stand out in a crowd. Many years ago, I used to be a fan of a couple teenage humorous magazines. And being humorous magazines, they included advertisements that were along the lines of humorous. And one of those magazines uh, had an advertisement in it. Uh, I think it was Kodak Camera. But they had a commercial in there about um, cameras. And I'm not here to sell Kodak products or in, endorse them in any way. Nor am I here to try and make fun of anybody. I'm just repeating the commercial. Anyway, in an effort to sell their cameras, their slogan was, a camera so easy, Stevie Wonder can use it. And it went on to show very high quality pictures of a chair leg and the corner of a table and maybe the floor. Stevie Wonder wasn't known for his photography. Some of you younger folks may not know who Stevie Wonder is, but he was the photographer. Anyways, my point at using this as an example today is have we allowed that mentality, that attitude of something being so easy, anybody can do it. Have we allowed that to affect us as Christians? Very easy. Anybody can do it. You know, have we, have we allowed that, that particular attitude, that mentality, to convince us that there is such a thing as an average Christian? How would you even use that word average in connection with being a Christian? Is an average Christian someone who attends most of the Sunday services? Someone who uh, participates in some of the church's activities? Is that what we call an average Christian? Or are we talking about somebody who allows outside activities to 
uh, influence the way they worship. Perhaps their lawn needs mowing, or, or maybe a fishing trip, or a football game. Is that what we call an average Christian? I really hope when you read that question, are you an average Christian? I sincerely hope that you did not say yes. Because I'm going to say there is no such thing as an average Christian. There are those who are Christians and those who pretend to be. Maybe go through the motions. This afternoon, I'd like to make two points. And point number one is, there is nothing average about being a Christian. And I'll have several sub-points to go under this, but um, there is nothing average about being a Christian. And first sub-point, there cannot be anything average about the way we serve. We're going to look at uh, John in chapter 13, starting in verse 12. I hope that's readable. Anyway. So after he had washed their feet and taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Lord and Master, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. I don't know that he's exactly telling them to start doing a bunch of feet washing. I think he's saying that by my example, you should follow suit and help those that need it. Serve where you can, in other words. Another thing that there cannot be average about being a Christian is our giving. We're going to go to Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. And there we read, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, with all, it shall be measured to you again. This is saying, give generously. To continue, there cannot be anything average about the way we worship. This is evident in Romans, the 12th chapter, in verse 1. And there we read, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then I'm going to say that there is nothing average about the way a Christian is supposed to love. We're going to go look at Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, that is, chapter 13, 1 through 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. 
And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. He's, telling, uh, he, he's saying here that he could know every language. He could be incredibly wise, know it all, and try to deliver this information or any information to somebody. And if he doesn't do it with love, it's worthless. It's just a bunch of noise. Um, uh, charity, we all know, is uh, defined as love. You can check that with Strong's, but it is. If we don't do our uh, worship and being Christian in general, we can't be average in it. We have to love extraordinarily. Brings us to the next thing that we cannot be average about is how we care. Uh, we cannot be average about the way a Christian cares for one another. We're going to look at James chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 27. Pure religion, do I have it up there yet? Yes. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Another thing that we cannot be average about is the way we hope. For that one, we're going to look in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which has given us. We go through all of that, and we can see we, we cannot be average. It kind of boils down to what standard do we use to measure ourselves? If our uh, standard is the world and uh, things therein, it becomes very easy to accept average as okay. But if our standard is uh, Christ and uh, following the scriptures, then we can set our minds on something much higher. There, the reason that there is nothing average about being a Christian is because there's nothing average about our God. He's ever-present. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's awesome. In Hebrews, in chapter 11, and I don't have a slide for this one. We're not going to go there and read it now, but Hebrews chapter 11 tells of many great men throughout history that accomplished great things through faith. 
And if you was to read the 33rd and 34th verses at your convenience, uh, you can clearly see that it was because of our awesome God that those acts of faith could be done. I told you that there was two points that I was intending to make. Point number two is there's nothing average about crucifying the old sinful person through baptism and living a new life in Christ. The old person is dead. And there's nothing average about moving forward living in Christ. We're going to take a look at Galatians. Did I miss a verse? I did. I'm sorry. Oh, well, we're going to Galatians 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is a letter that Paul is writing to the church at Galatia. And he's telling, him, telling them that he died with Christ. He was crucified with Christ on that cross. And he put away his old man. And everything he does now, all of his actions, all of his words, it's as if Christ is living through him. Paul has a lot more to say on the subject. Uh, we're going to go to Romans. Uh, several verses this time, but we're going to go to Romans chapter 6. Start in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were were buried where well, I lost my place I'm sorry know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so we should walk in newness of life for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. I got behind again, didn't I? I'm sorry. Oops. I'm missing a verse. I'm missing a slide. Anyway, the last verse is seventh verse. For he that is dead is freed from sin. That's why I say there's nothing average about being a Christian. It's because we are dead to sin. We were crucified with Christ and buried with him in baptism. This is where I'm supposed to be right now, I was thinking. Okay, well, we'll look at it anyway. Going back, going to go back to that slide a moment and read it one more time. Know ye not that so many of us as were, so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, 
were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was uh, raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. You know, there's nothing average about deciding to do one of the most difficult and possibly challenging things or, or decisions to crucify your old sinful self and to be baptized and to live a life, a new life in Jesus. There's nothing average about that because there's nothing average about the death of Jesus. We're going to take a few minutes and we're going to look at the accounts of Jesus' death as put in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're not going to go through the whole, all the events leading up to that, just the actual death, the, the moments of his death. These accounts all come after he was beaten, ridiculed, forced to carry his own cross as far as he could up that hill before he stumbled and fell. All of these things happened, and there's nothing average about any of that. But then we get to his actual death. In the book of Matthew, now we're on the right part. Uh, in the 27th chapter, and starting in verse 50, we read, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the temple, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. <clears throat> and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Okay, next we're going to go to Mark's uh, writing of the, the event. And it's very similar to Matthew's. But anyway, there in Mark thir uh, 15th chapter, verse 37, we read, And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. After that, we're going to look at Luke. And it was about, oh, I'm sorry, Luke 23 and verse 44. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent, rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the goat. Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, 
this was a righteous man. Now we're going to look at John's account. John chapter 19 and verse 30. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for the Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. The breaking of the legs was a method used to hasten the death of the crucified individuals. We go to the next verse. Then came soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he saw it. Uh, and he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scriptures should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him who they pierced. What sets Jesus' death apart from everybody else? is his resurrection. Jesus was subjected to horrible punishments that he didn't deserve. Hammered onto the cross, nails driven through his hands and his feet. And then to have that cross lifted and drop into that hole. Y'all heard that thud in your minds just now, didn't you? And then he hangs there until he's dead. He was buried, and then he arose, and he went and presented himself to apostles and disciples, basically saying, here I am. But uh, a lot of them didn't believe him. Some said, oh, they stole his body in the night. And Thomas himself said, no, you've got to show me your scars. I've got to see the wounds. But there was nothing average about the death of Jesus Christ. So I'll ask you again, are you an average Christian? Are you willing to do just enough to get by uh, in the hopes that when you stand before God, he says, oh, you did average, You're, you did good, come on in, you're welcome. Don't think it's going to work that way. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. At the start, I said a definition which included, uh, it was uh, averages in the middle, not to one extreme or the other. It's common, not out of the ordinary, not too hot, not too cold. Average. Well, average is not going to be good enough. Let's take a look at what the scripture says about average. Revelations, the third chapter in verse 15, we read, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, 
I will spew thee out of my mouth. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus doesn't want nothing to do with anything average, a person. He doesn't want an average Christian. He wants either hot or cold. He'll spew them out of their mouth. Today, I plead with you. Uh, don't settle for being average. It won't work. Uh, it's not enough. Today, if you haven't been baptized, then you need to be, and we can help you with this today. If you have been baptized and would like, for whatever reason, the uh, strength and power of prayer, we will pray with you and for you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.